Psalm 88, a song, a psalm for the Korites, for the lead player on the Mahalath, to sing out, a maskil for Haman the Ezraite. Lord God of my rescue, by day I cried out, by night in your presence, may my prayer come before you. Incline your ear to my song, for I am sated with evils, and my life reached the brink of Sheol. I was counted among those who go down to the pit. I became like a man without strength, among the dead, cast away, like the slain, those who lie in the grave, whom you no more recall, and they are cut off by your hand. You put them in the nethermost pit, in darkness, in the depths. Your wrath lay hard upon me, and all your breakers you inflicted. You distanced my friends from me. You made me disgusting to them, imprisoned. I cannot get out. My eyes ache from affliction. I called on you, Lord, every day. I stretched out to you my palms. Will you do wonders for the dead? Will the shades arise and claim you? Salah. Will your kindness be told in the grave, your faithfulness in perdition? Will your wonder be known in the darkness, your bounty in the land of oblivion? As for me, to you, Lord, I shouted, and in the morn my prayer would greet you. Why, Lord, do you abandon my life? Do you hide your face from me? Lowly am I, and near death from my youth. I have borne your terrors. I am fearful. Over your ra rage, over me your rage has passed. Your horrors destroy me. They surround me like water all day long. They encircle me completely. You distance, you distance lover and neighbor from me. My friends, utter darkness. Psalm 88 is a supplication psalm, and um, it leans very heavily on um, what happens to a person after death. And uh, there's a line near the end, lowly I am and near death from my youth. I have borne your terrors. I am fearful. And so this is someone who has some sort of reason to feel like they've been near death nearly their entire life. You can imagine perhaps an accident or an injury uh, when they were young, maybe um, uh, a disease that uh, is just getting worse. Um, the options are many. We don't know exactly what this person had or, or why they feel like they're so close to death, uh, but they're praying to the Lord. They're trying to um, get some relief from, um, from God. The terms that the psalmist has to use in order to talk about uh, where you go after death are varied because, again, it's a psalm that's mostly focused on that uh, aspect of it. Um, so some synonyms for the underworld, Sheol, the pit, the grave, the depths, perdition, the land of oblivion. Um, all of these things are um, ways that ancient people thought of death. What happens to you after you die? Uh, these days, um, most of us either believe, I think, that uh, nothing. You go into, uh, you know, you, you simply cease to exist. Um, it's as if you never existed except in memory of other people and maybe some artifacts you've left around, things that you've written, things that you've created. Um, but uh, those eventually fade and, and die away. And, um, you know, the, the idea of even great people who have built up large 
empires, and then um, at the end of their life, um, there's nothing left except what they've produced, and those eventually die and or you know fall apart, fade away. So that's one of the ways that we think of what happens to you after death. The other is um, sort of a dualism. You either go into uh, a heavenly state, some sort of paradise, or you go into hell, um, and uh, you're punished for your evil deeds. Uh, those are the two options that most uh, most of us think. You know, either you there's this fairly um, binary situation where you go into an afterlife, um, or it's uh, nothing happens, uh, the null situation. Um, and the ancient people didn't have exactly that either of those perspectives, as far as we can tell. Uh, not just Hebrews, but um, all around the world, uh, the idea was there was afterlife, there was an underworld, um, and everyone went to the same place. Um, but what happened there depended on, uh, you know, your your mysticism about, you know, what you could take with you. So in Egypt, um, pharaohs were set up with all of the things that they uh, might need in the afterlife. Uh, you had to prepare that in advance. Um, so that it could be buried with you so that you would have them. Uh, other cultures, you couldn't take anything with you. And, and as far as we can tell, um, that's the case in the Hebrew culture. That's what uh, the Psalms um, talk about. And so the idea is you don't go into somewhere that is either heaven or hell, but you go into a place where it's um, the imagery is either like dry and dusty, uh, things like the pit, the grave. Uh, land of oblivion, um, or it's uh, metaphorical um, in the sense of you're falling into the depths of the ocean. So things like the psalm talked about breakers passing over. Um, so the waves above, you're you're just fallen into the depths of the ocean and you can't escape and you can just sort of imagine being there forever in whatever that state is. And obviously the idea that um, we've heard before in the psalms is that uh, in that state, um, people can't um, glorify God. They can't praise him or rejoice in him um, because it's this dreary existence. Um, nothing particularly good happens. And as far as we can tell, it's not punishment. It's just nothing is happening. Um, it's like uh, you know, maybe a modern um, thing might be sitting in the doctor's waiting room waiting for your name to be called um, so that something else can happen, except this happens forever. Maybe like at the end of um, the movie Beetlejuice, if you remember that, uh, where he's got um, an impossibly long number uh, before he can be called up. Um, anyway, this psalm, um, I think, does a good job of explaining what people thought of uh, in terms of the afterlife, sort of the mythology, the mysticism, um, maybe even the cosmology of uh, of what the afterlife is like. And uh, it's almost um, just very different from the way that we think about it. And, uh, and it's funny that, or it's odd that something has changed. And there's a, a really great book by uh, N.T. Wright, who um, I'll have to look it up and I'll put it in the notes. Uh, he goes through uh, basically the history of the idea of resurrection and he looks at all these ancient um, beliefs about life after death, whether or not someone could be 
um, raised from the dead. And uh, he finds that um, resurrection of the type that Christianity talks about is absolutely unusual. There is uh, obviously the idea of reincarnation in some cultures, and there is the idea that someone could um, come back as a um, as a ghost, uh, even in um, um, the book of Samuel. Uh, Samuel comes back at one point, uh, the witch of Endor, which is obviously a fantastic name. Uh, she summons up the ghost of Samuel. And then um, Psalms like this, where it's very clear, you don't come back from the dead. Once you're dead, you're dead. Uh, and so the idea of a resurrection, a bodily resurrection, where you get a new, new body, uh, and not just coming back in a spirit or not being revived. You weren't exactly dead. You were, you know, mostly dead. <laughs> uh, Princess Bride sort of thing. Uh, no, um, the resurrection is unusual because it's it's completely dead in the grave, buried for three days, and then uh, Jesus returned um, in a way that culturally would have been um, remarkable and perhaps even unthinkable. Uh, at any rate... A fantastic psalm, um, lots of good imagery that I didn't exactly get into. I encourage you to read it uh, again uh, if you want to get more and think about all the different ways that the psalmist talks about what happens to you after death. Um, and I will talk to you the next time I record.